Today's brilliance is brought to you by NoMonthlyCellPhoneBill.com. NoMonthlyCellPhoneBill.com. Everybody is qualified. There is no credit check because there's no monthly bill. Get unlimited talk and text with 5 gigs of 4G data. You think I'm playing? You think this is some sort of gimmick? It is not. NoMonthlyCellPhoneBill.com. Thank you for calling. This is Candace. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm transitioning. I'm going. I'm changing genders. Okay. And I want to get some lingerie, but I can never find any like panties that fit me. And I'm looking for like a little bigger. You, do you understand? Uh, do you have bigger size panties? We go from extra small to extra large, so we go up to an extra large in the store. Okay. And so I would say. So what what uh, waist size is the larger? I'm sorry? What's the waist size for the larger? I'm not 100% sure what the waist size is, but I no. would say um, the extra large will probably be from like a, maybe a 10 to like a 14, I would even say. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I've tried some on, you know, like a, a friend of mine has some and I've tried on some at her place and I just, um, in the, um. And like in the front area, there's like the there's not enough room, you know. So like I try to tape and tuck and do all that stuff, but it's still kind of like awkward looking. I don't I don't like the way you know that it looks. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to figure out if like I you know could get something that's bigger in that area. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm sorry, I'm so embarrassed, but I, I um I'm looking for something. I mean, you I mean you shouldn't be. So I mean, uh, just come on into the store. You could try out our extra. The, the extra large undies, if that's something that doesn't work for you, um, upon uh, discretion, we could uh, possibly do something for you as far as exchanging or returning them for you. So, is there, is there, okay, so like if, if I were to buy them and then bring them home and try them on, uh, last month I, I did that too and I brought some home and I farted and I blew out the back of them. It was like a big, gigantic, gaping hole. Oh, wow. I know, like right in the bat, right out of the ass. I like farted and it just blew them out. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that to happen. That's really embarrassing. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like putting on a blindfold, and I sounded like a like a a horse toad that had been shot with a bow and arrow. It was like kind of deal, you know? Right. <laughs> Goodness heavens! Well, <laughs> this is an internet talk show with balls. Welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so goddamn much for listening. God, I love you, you motherfuckers. Um, if you're he- uh, hearing the show on iTunes, a couple of things. Give me a five-star rating. Uh, that will help us move up in the rankings uh, in uh, iTunes. Uh, also, visit my website at... Uh, what is our website? It's Kramer Show. Fuck. <laughs> It's KramerShow.net, K-R-A-M-E-R, KramerShow.net. So, um, a couple of days ago, my doctor's office called, and they go, hey, it's been a year since you've been to the doctor. And I was like, wow. And I've been having some kind of pain in my upper leg, like in the very top of my leg, 
like um it's really hard to explain like below my abdomen but in the top of my leg and <clears throat> it's progressively gotten worse so i was like all right i'll keep the appointment and i'll go in and i'll see what she has to say uh, but, but by the way my doctor is is hot and uh so i go in there you know and it's it, you know it's, i i hate going to the doctor in the first place but now on top of it she's hot so i've like got all this social anxiety about going there you know like I, I like i know she's looking at me judging me right you know because she's a doctor and she's supposed to size you up you know as a patient so i i know i go there and she's probably like you know this guy's fucking gross and anyway so <clears throat> i go in and she goes hey what's so what's the deal I said, you know, my leg right here, and I point to it, you know, and she's like, you know, that's your hip. She's like, a lot of people don't know that. People think that your hip is way over here on your side, but it's actually, it's, no, it's right there where you're pointing. It's in between your uh, groin and your leg. I was like, oh, holy fuck. And she goes, you know, if I had to guess, I would say that you have some type of arthritis uh, in there. So then I'm like, God damn it. I come to the doctor. The first thing I, I hear is I may have arthritis in my fucking hip. Because you hear about old people and their hip problems, you know? So I, I'm slowly becoming that old fucker that's, you know, I, well, I got problems with my hip and the doctor gave me a... So she's like, I haven't done an x-ray on it yet, but... um, And, and, and two, while she's talking to me, I, I just, I'm staring at her lips because she has these like, oh my God, she has these like piercing green um, brown eyes and they're really fucking sexy. And so, like, she's looking at me with those eyes, and then I, I'm looking at her mouth the whole time, and I'm, I'm like, oh, God, I'm thinking sexual thoughts about her. And I'm like, okay, hope she can't read that, because she's really close to me in this little fucking doctor's office, right? You know how it is, like, when, when somebody's talking, you know, and they go on for, you know, for a, a little while, you start to think about your facial expressions, and you're like, Okay, am I acting like, what am I looking like now, right now? Do I look like I want to lick her, you know, her butthole right now? Or am I looking like I'm, I'm really concentrating on what she's saying? What is she thinking right now while she's talking to me? Is she thinking, God, this guy looks like a fucking loser? I mean, what's going on? Maybe she was thinking, and here's what I think. Maybe while she was talking, you know, she's talking, I'm looking at her. Maybe she, wonder what if she were thinking the same thing like, I could totally fucking, I could suck his cock right now. I could suck it. Nobody would ever know. I could lock the door. And what what would he do if I were to, like, run my hand up his leg and grab his dick? I mean, you know. Uh, th- you know, that's the kind of thing I, I think of. Anyway, so. <laughs> <clears throat> See, that's a problem with the podcast is I get in here and I really fucking just let it go. So. Then she goes, <clears throat> well, hop up, let's check your weight. She goes, hmm, you've gained 13 pounds since your last visit. I'm like, God damn it. I'm letting her down. My hot little f- fucking doctor, I'm letting her down. I've gained 13 pounds. I'm like, okay, great, fantastic. She goes, all right, let's check your blood pressure. She comes over. She's like really close by. And her, like, and her leg rubs up against me. And I'm like, oh, my God, please, please don't get, don't get hard. Don't get hard. Don't look at those fucking lips. Don't look at the lips. And she's like, then I start thinking, okay, well, I've got a hip problem. I probably have arthritis. I've gained weight. And now she's right next to me. And the last thing I need to do is either start sweating or get a boner. Don't think about that. Then I start thinking, okay, what if my blood pressure is really high? 
Oh, fuck. And she's like, so now I have all this social anxiety. I got this sexual tension happening between her and I, and I'm overthinking everything. And she's like, mm-hmm. and, she, and then she releases the valve and it goes, yep, your blood pressure's high. I'm like, strike three. Strike fucking three. I'm out. God damn it. So then she starts asking me all these questions, and one of the questions was, do you have uh, erectile dysfunction? And I'm not kidding. I want, I mean, I almost did it, but I didn't. I, all, I almost said, not right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I like, when I'm in that, in that zone, I, I think of things really quickly, and I was like, God, if I were to have said that, she would have been so wigged out, creeped out. I, I probably would have been handcuffs, you know. <laughs> they would have been shoving me out of the doctor's office. <laughs> hmm. I fucking hate going to the doctor. It's just, oh, it's such a pain in the ass. I don't know. It's like, I think they're going to you know, tell me you're going to die. I mean, it's just a routine office visit. It's not like, you know, you're going in for all these major tests or anything. Although I did have to take a drug test. They, they made me pee in a cup. And that was part of a physical that I was having today. <clears throat> I'm like, well, what'd you find in there? Do you need some semen? Because all you got to do is look at me about five more seconds with those eyes and those lips and those tight little pants that she was wearing today. I was like, God damn it. When did doctors get hot? Plus, she's a doctor. That makes her even hotter. And I found some pictures of her on the internet, too. I've already done uh, some creeping around online. I can't, I'm not going to post any pictures. No. Gene's like, post the pictures. I'm not posting the pictures. It's my doctor. I can't I can't do that. It's not, like, it's not like I went to a titty bar and I was like, hey, this chick was hot. No, I can't. She's my fucking doctor. I can't do that. <clears throat> All right. So anyway, there's a lot going on. Uh, uh uh, a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today was one, um, you know, I, what, here's one thing I hate. I hate people that, uh, are rock claim to be rock people and they make fun of rock bands and they make fun of rock bands that, um, like, um, people make fun of Nickelback all the fucking time. People make fun of Creed all the fucking time. And, you know, Creed is a Pearl Jam wannabe, yada, yada, yada. I hate that. Look, there are rock bands in the genre of rock. That are not the most manly goddamn bands. All right? Um, nobody makes fun of Kenny Wayne Shepherd. That's pussy rock. Breaking Benjamin, that's pussy rock. Green Day, that's fucking pussy rock. Uh, I hate the Rolling Stones. Mm, Def Leppard, that's pussy rock. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, some of Pink Floyd's shit is pussy rock. Red Hot Chili Peppers, some of their shit's pussy rock. I mean, they're, you know, bands like. Rock bands are not all, you know, they're not 100% Pantera all the time. So the fact that people make fun of Nickelback, it, it, you know, look, like it or not, how many how many records are those motherfuckers sold? Huh? How many records have you sold? How many records did uh, Creed sell? I know the answer to that one. 15 million albums. 15 million albums. I would say at this point, Creed doesn't give a fuck what I think or what you think. You know, you sell 15 million uh, albums. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, what people fucking 
uh, say. Now, here's something about about Scott Stapp from Creed that I wanted to bring up, and and I and I want um, if here's what sucks. <clears throat> Um, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to play some video. They got a fucking ad going. Um, a lot of people in this country are walking around with mental disabilities, um, and social anxieties and, uh, disorders and everything else. And there is a stigma around them and people are ashamed to go to a doctor. They're ashamed to talk about bipolar disorder. Uh, or depression, when our military men and women come come back home, a good portion of them have bipolar disorder. Some of them, some of them have post traumatic stress disorders, uh, and they're ashamed, and they never go and get anything done. In fact, a lot of them become homeless. A lot of them um, are, you know, what we bill as just fucking crazy deviants on the street. Those are men and women who, at one time were at their physical prime, mental prime, and they they gave and sacrificed to go over and fight and put it all on the line for us or join the military with, you know, rolling the dice on whether or not they may have to go to war at some point. But they were brave enough to have fucking done that. So then they come back over here uh, to the States, and there's this stigma around these uh, mental disorders, depression, bipolar disorder. There is there is enough there is not one person who's listening to this who should be ashamed for having depression, bipolar disorder, etc. Scott Stapp, um, who sold fifteen million fucking albums <clears throat> back in two thousand and fourteen, was homeless. He was homeless. And he felt he said he felt like he was under some kind of uh crazy attack, and he told his wife that he was a secret CIA agent on a mission to kill President Obama. It was that bad. And finally, um, when he had this psychotic meltdown, his wife you know, uh, and him went in together and they came clean about it. And it had gone undiagnosed for over a decade. In fact, he's 42 and he said that all this started happening when he was in his early 20s, mid-20s. So 20 years of the guy's life, you know, he he was miserable. And it never was diagnosed, um, or it was misdiagnosed, and then he was ashamed. And then, you know, people started thinking he was just crazy, and maybe he was on crack or something like that. But he got it dealt with. He said he was treated for depression without knowing that uh, that at the time he had bipolar uh, starting to manifest. Looking back, had I been properly diagnosed in 1998, I venture to say my whole life would be vastly different. Um, here's a little bit of the... Um, because he went on Fox News and talked to Dr. Manning about it. And the link to this is on foxnews.com under the health section. Hello, welcome to Health Talk. I'm Dr. Manning. After selling millions of albums and selling out arenas worldwide... Creed lead singer Scott Stapp was at the top of the music game, but in 2014, he had a drug and bipolar-induced breakdown. Now he's sharing his story of recovery and raising awareness on the mental illness that nearly took his life. 
Thank you so much for being here. My God, you're such a legend. It's good to be here, Dr. Manny. Thanks um, for having me. Listen, very brave. I always have, uh, you know, my family suffer from mental disease, and I know how hard it is to talk about it. Yeah. But how important it is more than ever in 2016 to bring awareness about, uh, you know, a mental health issue. So let's, talk, let's start talking about when was uh, your bipolar disorder diagnosed? It was just diagnosed in 2014. Okay. Uh, but in looking back and after learning about the illness and how it's now manifested, you know, with my first ever manic psychosis, okay. it started in 1998 and was classified depression. Uh, but really that's when it hit me in my early 20s. Right. You know, so when we talk about bipolar disorder, basically you have periods of sadness, yes. depression, yes. and then you have periods of this manic phase of euphoria where, you know, right. you think that you can eat the world in one, right. one bite. Right. What led you to go see a doctor or a mental health professional? Well, I really uh, went into a manic psychosis and right. had to be hosp hospitalized uh, because of it. And that began the journey. And then, you know, specifically, my wife and my children, you know, me realizing the serious nature of what had happened and knowing how important they meant to me. You know, according to your history, uh, this bipolar disorder was a little mishandled in the past, right? Yes, yes. Because they thought that this is just, what, stress and you were tired or you were just depressed or something just like that? Just depression. Right. Uh, at one point in time, possible ADD, mm -hmm. uh, when medicated, just made situations worse. We later found out. Right. When, so when we talked, I talked in the intro about a you know drug. You're talking about uh, you know prescription medication that yes. was given to you. Yes. Right. Yes. That kind of put you over the edge. That put me over the edge. Yeah. Right. The world of rock and roll, my friend. Right. It looks glamorous, mm -hmm. but it has, I'm sure, a lot of stress. Yeah, it does. And a lot of social stuff you know the alcohol right. the uh, the recreational drugs how did you manage that life well i didn't manage it well early in my career and there were a lot of negative consequences uh, but at this point in time after accepting my diagnosis as bipolar uh, i made complete life changes right in every area uh, my health and my mental health is my priority so i changed my diet uh, Sleep like sleep. what? Give me the diet. Uh, high protein, no sugar. Yeah, because it's not the low, Manny Alvarez diet. My low, man, low carbs. It ain't my diet. Uh, you know, just beautiful. just eating my greens, eating eating right. very eating healthy, he eating very healthy, getting all those uh, uh, staying fit. Right, doing exercise. exercise daily, at least an hour of, of cardiovascular and weight strength training exercise, uh, and then sleep. Sleep is critically important for anyone who's battling with any any form right. of a mental health issue making those areas a priority as well as my recovery program uh, because in the years of, of, of rock and roll lifestyle and and also self-medication right. uh, I developed a dependency and so that in conjunction with the number one factor I believe that saved me and really turned the corner with me was the love of my family and the all right, so there, there is a little bit of that. That's, uh, again, it's up on foxnews.com, and it's under the health section. And if any of you um, feel that you may be bipolar or you have some form of depression or some kind of mental illness, um, dude, you know, there, 
all you got to do is go to the doctor. I just talked about, you know, uh, how I'm uh, scared, anxious about going to the doctor, <clears throat> and I always have been. But it's something that you have to do. What's crazy is like once you reach the age of 40, 45, you really start to see all the things that you did in the past and how it's caught up with you. Um, and when you're in your 20s going through it, you're like, well, I don't give a fuck because that's 20 years from now and I don't really care. Um, and, you know, look, I can think back on my past and uh, experimenting with drugs. I, n- I never had a drug habit, thank God. Uh, but then, you know, getting hammered all the time, becoming an alcoholic and looking at my health now, uh, I can see exactly, you know, people are, people are not kind to their bodies in their twenties and thirties, man. And you don't really feel it or notice it until later on in life. And like today I was thinking, man, this, you know, this is a drag. I mean, I'm I'm in the doctor. She's telling me I got arthritis maybe in my, I could have arthritis in my hip. And, you know, my blood pressure's up, my weight's up, you know, and you you start thinking, okay, well, I went from being an active 20 or 30-something, you know, doing stuff and running around and playing sports and everything, to now I'm a dad uh, who sits on his ass at work and I eat like ass. Uh, so not only does that do poor things for your, your physical body, but it, it sure is shit, and you don't think it is, but it is wreaking havoc on your mental your mental health. So, um, and two, if you're like Scott Stapp and you have all these things going on, plus you're drinking and plus you're fucking, uh, you know, doing Coke or pot or whatever you're doing, um, you're really, um, uh, I, I gotta tell you, a lot of these medications that you, that they put you on, uh, for stuff like, uh, anxiety issues, just like today, when I went to the doctor, we were talking about anxiety and I'm on a medication for anxiety called citrulline. And it's not it's not a mind altering drug. It's not a narcotic. It's just uh, it helps you know replace chemical. So like when I'm in situations where I would normally have anxiety, I don't have as much anxiety. That's all it does. And so we were talking about anxiety, and she goes, "How is that going with with for you?" And I said, "Well, you know, I mean, I'm fine." I, I said, "You know, but there are certain situations and times." I said, "It kind of comes and goes, like it's seasonal." Like, you know, for a couple of weeks, I'll be a little more on edge, a little more anxious, um, you know, and she goes, well, just, you know, up your medication a little bit. Just call me and tell me and I'll, I'll up your medication. She's like, do you need any other medications uh, for that? And I go, no, I don't. But if I had said yes, she could have put up, she could have given me any number and she would have, she would have given me any number of medications that are narcotics, such as, um, say, Ativan. Uh, I've had doctors that have prescribed that for me, and what that what those drugs do is uh, what's another one? Um, Xanax is another one. It's kind of like Ativan, and when you take them, you feel kind of euphoric. It gives you a little bit of a high, and you relax, and you're able to be around people. But the problem is, is that you start getting addicted to those drugs. And when you get off of them, when you don't take them on a regular basis, your anxiety comes back like triple fold so if you take a pill today to help your anxiety um and you don't take it tomorrow your anxiety is is worse totally and i and i know that just from from a very brief moment in time experimenting with it to try to figure it out and i'll never do it again because i don't like that i don't know first of all i don't want to be on that pill all day every day and, I, and and second of all, when I'm not on that pill, I'm fucking, you know, you're freaking out. You're 
thinking you're dying, you're having panic attacks and everything else. Who wants that? That is a shitty quality of life. So what I can't believe is how apt doctors are to give these medications to people because they know it. Look it up. Read about it online. Look up you know, what happens when you get on anti-anxiety medications or anti-depression medications. They're terrible for you. They make your life worse, but there are medications out there that uh, that do the opposite of that. They do help, and there are programs out there um, that can get you the help for those types of depression, for those types of um, you know uh, bipolar disorder, and all of that stuff. And dude, there is no stigma about it. There is no, There is no reason to be embarrassed. Um, medical professionals see it all day, every day. So set up a point, an appointment with your doctor. Don't trust me. If there's ever been an anxious guy about going to the doctor, it's me. Trust me on that. But once you get it dealt with, um, sorry to go on and on. I wasn't planning on talking about this this long when I, um, let's see right after my son was born. So it would have been 2004. I was drinking heavily, but I but I had all this anxiety, and I didn't know at that time that alcohol alcoholics have a really terrible time with anxiety. I didn't know that, but it's a cycle. Like you you have anxiety, you drink, you feel great. Um, it's like those pills I was talking about. Then you come off the the booze, and your anxiety is just they're eating at you. It's terrible. It gets worse and worse and worse. So you drink more, and then you drink more often. And I was having this incredible anxiety, and um, and I, I talked to a couple of friends of mine. They were like, "Just go see somebody," and I was like, "Okay." So I started going to a psychologist uh, to talk about things, thinking that that would somehow uh, help my anxiety. It did not do a thing. It did not do one thing for me. Uh, it, I, you know, because I was drinking. <laughs> Plus. You know, plus I, I, you know, I technically, you you know, I don't need to drink and I also uh, need this medication uh, to help my anxiety. I don't know. It's don't don't go to a psychologist to to talk about your anxiety first. Go to a doctor. Let them diagnose you because there are so many chemicals that are floating around in your body and in your brain um, that if one of them is off, that causes a lot of problems. So you need to find out physically what's wrong with you, um, before you can start figuring out how to mend yourself. And some of you, I mean, you may, you may not have a chemical imbalance. It may be a psychological thing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of that too. Okay. I'm off my soapbox. You're listening to the Kramer show real and raw. Remember when listening on iTunes to leave us a great rating. It helps. Thanks in advance. This is the Kramer Show. Hey, it's Kramer. Uh, and, you know, I got to tell you, uh, I get a, a charge when somebody believes in the show enough to uh, come on as an advertiser. And uh, these guys at nomonthlycellphonebill.com have come on as an official sponsor of the Kramer Show, and I'm delighted beyond belief uh, to have them. Now, you see some of this stuff online sometimes, and you think, okay, well, what what, what is that? Is that like some kind of gimmicky thing? You know, I'm just, and then you kind of ignore it. Um, this is not one of those things. This is not one of those gimmicky 
things that you want to ignore. And, dude, people's cell phone bills now, uh, until my wife and I did something, we were paying like 250 uh, upward for three phones in our house. And I was like, this has got to stop. So this is, you know, when you look into this, you'll realize not only can you have no monthly cell phone bill, but you can kind of you can become an affiliate and you can actually start uh, earning money. It's really cool. So go look into this. Go to nomonthlycellphonebill.com and everybody is qualified. There's no credit check because there's no bill. So there's no reason to do a credit check. You get unlimited talk. It's unlimited text. Five gigs of 4G data. And you can use the GSM Android phone that you have now, uh, and they'll send you a SIM card, or you can actually purchase a low-cost, high-quality phone from the store on the website. So it costs under $100 to be free from phone bills forever. Think about that. 100 bucks, and then you're done. And you'll be able to keep up with the kids affordably, and you can have as many phones as you want. As many phones as you want with no monthly phone bill. Go to nomonthlycellphonebill.com. Dave Chappelle. I'm serious. There's one time racism saved my life, man. I was, I was on a plane. I, I, was coming, I was coming from overseas, and uh, I don't know how this guy got a machine gun on the plane, but he stood up, man. He said, everybody, get on the fucking ground. Nobody look at my face. I started freaking out because he was Chinese. I was like, why is he talking like that? He was screaming and crying. I was the only brother on the plane. Well, I thought I was the only brother. I looked over. There was one other black dude. He's from Nigeria. I looked over to him, he was looking right in my face, man. He didn't say two words to me, he just looked at me, he was like... (laughs) (laughs) He didn't need to talk, I know just what he was talking about. I looked right back at him, I was like... (laughs) Some white dudes on the front of the plane seen us, they were like, Oh my God. I think those black guys are going to try to save us. We were just communicating that we understood the situation. We were both seeing the same thing. What we understood was simple. Terrorists don't take black hostages. That's the truth. I have yet to see one of us on the news reading the hostage letters. Um, mm. They is treating us good. Uh, We all chilling and shit. I'd like to give a shout out to Ray Ray and Big Steve and uh, Jason Newport. You're not going to see it. Terrorists are smart. They know what they're doing there, you know. They're terrorists. They know what black people's bad bargaining chips. They called the White House. Hello? We have got five black... Hello? (laughs) 
you got to be tough with your people because they'll pay. They don't care. They'll pay. So we're not going to pay. I guarantee you I'm not paying for this mic. Every, every, two, every two minutes I hear like boom, 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 boom. This is The Kramer Show. What is going on, my crazy motherfuckers? Welcome back. Um, Let's go over a couple of different things. Uh, Ann Coulter... And last June was on the Bill Maher show, and they laughed at her. Listen to this. Okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen to that. That was June of last year. And listen to how many... That was a roaring laughter. Trump. I mean, I'm not the biggest Ann Coulter fan. In fact, I I can't stand her. But uh, she called that one. And I got to tell you, when June... People... Nobody called that one. Nobody. What he has done in under a year is, it really is mind-boggling. How? All right, so I, mean, you know, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, "What? okay, what is it that, that you like about Donald Trump? Like, I want to get 100 people in a room that claim that they like him. And, and I, I don't want to ask them, not argue, but I want to I like, get in their fucking head and I want to I want to. I want to. I want to know uh, how how they feel. What is the thought process? Because first of all, he's not a charming guy. He's a very angry guy uh, who really has no right to be angry. He is. Can we all agree he's narcissistic? Um, he is. Uh, what's the word? I mean. He's just a very, um, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's not intelligent, but I, but at the same time, you know, the, the back and forth, he's, he's, he's so sensitive about everything. Um, you know, he's got to brag about being rich. He's got to brag about his wife. He's a braggart. He's got to brag about his fucking apartment, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I, I just... I genuinely want to know what is likable about the guy because I don't see it. I don't like him in any fashion. Neither do I like uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, today, what's the, what's the um, uh, Lindsey Graham senator? He came out and said he's not going to vote for Trump or for Hillary Clinton. And the news channels just fed on that. They were like, what? You're not going to vote. And, you know, I think here's what's going to happen. People are going to vote this time around just so that the other person that they don't like uh, loses. That's what's going to wind up happening. 
Uh, I don't like Hillary. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think any. I don't think either two of them would do a goddamn thing for this country. I think it, they would do more harm than we even know. Where was that story today um, about? Uh, let's see. Do I have it right here? Because there was a story about just that about how people are they're going to be voting for not their candidate that they like, but they're going to be voting against the other guy. I don't know. I just I, I want to. I want to know what people actually do like about Donald Trump. Is is the thought that, you know, well, he's rich, so he's a rich guy, so he can make us rich. And when and when when I say us, I mean like people that like him, they think, okay, well, if he's rich and he made himself rich, then he he can certainly pass the wealth on and we'll all be rich. You don't like it or not, um Obama. I read I read some stat today where Every week since Obama has been in office, we've added jobs. Every week we have added jobs since Obama has taken office eight years ago. I think some of these people that are flailing, angry types in a couple of years, especially if Donald Trump is the next president, are going to look back on this. They may not admit it, but they're going to look back on the Obama years and think, God damn, we had it good. I mean, I that's what that's my prediction. I don't know. It's uh, 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 my favorite video today by far is the kid on anesthesia. Have you guys seen this? This kid looks like Anthony Michael Hall from The Breakfast Club, and he is fucked up. I don't know. He had some kind of surgery, and he's coming off the anesthesia, and he is just talking all kinds of whacked out crazy shit. Out of my mom, man. Well, I'm sorry. I can't even think straight right now. I promise when I get up, I'm gonna. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> what? What? You laughing? You laughing at me, man? You? Don't yell. <laughs> you? Who are you? You're not even there no more. Oh! <laughs> what? I'm sorry, man. I just can't. I'm just. She's on the phone with the big dog. Oh, oh the big dog. The big dog. Millie's working my man. She's on the phone. You gotta be quiet. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I will do that. Thank you. Right. Tell me what All you right. did. You buy All anything right. in Dubai? I bought a camel, man. Me and my camel were like going through the wick, wicky, 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 wicky west, man. We were going so far. We were walking all over Dubai, man. We buy like 14 times. I would roll around my camel and my hot ass wife and my kids, yo. Why you laughing? Why you laughing, man? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dubai was lit. Yo, bro, Dubai was lit. I was like, I was. Did you buy anything else in Dubai? Did I buy anything else? I buy like billions of strippers, man. Oh, <laughs> what? No strippers. No many strippers, bro. No strippers. What are you talking about, freaky get, woman? How did you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at, man? All right, honey. Who are you? Oh man, he is fucked up beyond recognition. Shit. <laughs> Here's another one of my favorite stories of the day. An official 
with the Department of Justice, Department of, of uh, Justice for the United States, said the agency will no longer call people felons or convicts after they are released from prison because it's too hard on them emotionally. Criminals who were caught and convicted because they seriously hurt other people will no longer be called felons or convicts by the government because it hurts their fucking feelings. Assistant Attorney General Carol Mason explained that many of the criminals she's talked to told her that no punishment is worse than being branded a felon or offender. Carol says the decision is not to condone their behavior, but to use words to help them reenter society. I mean, I have heard it all now. We are, we really are, I mean, we really are in the most pussified country in the most pussified time in history. I mean, I've never fucking seen anything like it. And maybe the appeal of Donald Trump is that we collectively all are fed up with that kind of mushy horse shit. And maybe we're we're wanting to go back the other way. That's the only thing I can come up with. Because I look around at the way we are. You know, it's our kids. We don't let them go out to visit. They don't. We don't. They don't have PE or recess anymore. You know, everything is uh, hunky dory. We allow you know people to you know. Oh, you're 12 years old and you were born a boy, but you dress like a girl. Oh, well, you can use any bathroom you want to, honey, because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And we're constantly talking about fucking bullying as if it's the number one issue in the fucking country. And we're so soft-hearted, and now we don't even want to call convicts convicts. We don't want to call felons felons because there's a stigma around that. And, hey, just because you killed someone doesn't mean you can't go to prison and rehabilitate yourself in that awesome prison that we give give to you and then get out and not be a respectable you know, citizen of our country. And we wouldn't want to hurt your feelings by calling you a convict Holy fuck. Oh, my God. I got to get Amory King on. I got to get Amory King on. I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a hard ass or anything like that, but I'm just so sick of the, the Namby Pamby, you know, pussy tone of everything. You know, am I the only one? God damn it you know we, we can't call people fat anymore you can't say certain words like uh what was i saying oh i was talking to someone back in the office the other day and i said the word retard and everybody got quiet and looked at me i was like what well you know come on dude you can't i mean that's just wrong you can't say that i'm like what are you retard we can't say retard amongst brethren now we're so pussified that you are offended when a guy, you know, calls someone a retard? You're not my friend anymore, you big fat pussy. America, America. America, fuck yeah. Come out again to save the motherfucking day. Yeah, America, fuck yeah. Freedom is the only way. 
Show podcast. What's going on in there? Have a comment? Call the voicemail. 419-777-1121. This is The Kramer Show. This is simple. Join us or pursue your present course and face obliteration.